Welcome to another episode of No Thanks But Yes, chill conversations with splendid people. Non-monetized and unaffiliated, this Freedom From Addiction podcast celebrates the many faces, voices, and pathways of recovery from chaotic substance use. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Welcome to No Thanks But Yes. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I won't complain. It's been a long day, but ending quite well. (laughs) Good, good. Been been wanting to. We've been uh, interacting on uh, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You're doing really cool things and stuff, and um, this just makes a lot of sense. So um, we always. I don't introduce folks. You introduce yourself because that's how we do. Uh, Who the heck are you? Oh, my name is Dana Knowles, and I'm an alcoholic in recovery um that's who i am and that's who i identify as um someone who has recovered from uh, you know when i first got sober and my sobriety date is um uh, uh, september 5th 1997 i've been sober for a minute and um i really looked at that word what does that word recover or recovery what does it mean so that Back in the day when we didn't have Google to ask, we had to actually look at a dictionary. And um, I looked at the word recover, and a simple definition was to get back something that was lost. Mm -hmm. And I certainly was lost for a long time. And so I've recovered what I lost and got a lot lot more um, in the last 25 years. That is a a common story that, um, oh, so much more, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So much more. All right, then. Well, tell me, um, you mentioned you're in recovery. So tell me a little bit about what that means to you. Well, um, man, it means different things to me at different times. Of course, you know, in the beginning, uh, pretty much destroying my life with alcohol and drugs and and, um, being held in prison with them and wanting to stop and wanting to stop and wanting to stop and knowing that I was hurting myself and hurting my family and and not, you know, making that high resolve every morning when I got up, when I came to, I'm not going to do this again. And then kind of, you know, find myself pissy ass drunk by noon, you know, or just not being able to do that. And so, you know, in the beginning, it was just all about don't drink, just don't drink. Um, I was fortunate that, um, I surrounded myself with, um, started going to Alcoholics Anonymous. I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous in a treatment facility. Um, I got sober in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And yeah, yeah, they had um, the song for uh, office. Office, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they introduced me to Alcoholics Anonymous by bringing speakers in. And and although I didn't, I don't remember being in rehab, a little fuzzy, (laughs) but you know, I was, I was spent uh, 20 years drinking and drugging. And, and um, so we would have these speakers come in and I could relate to their stories. You know, they were all a little bit different. I think most I could relate to the feelings, relate to the feelings. And they said, you know, um, I found out I was an alcoholic. I thought I was crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like certifiably, like lock me up. I'm crazy. And uh, it was a relief to learn. I'm just an alcoholic. <laughs> And so I started attending AA meetings fresh out of rehab. Um, and I, you know, met one woman and she was really 
you know, I knew she had similar things of mine, like similar experiences, but she was this proud woman. And I thought, wow, I wonder if I can ever be like her. And I started becoming friends with her and going to meetings. And then she introduced me to one of her friends and then one of her friends. And, and, you know, it just kind of like, I felt like I had found my people, um, people who had, who had, um, destroyed their lives and not not so much like I know on my LinkedIn page I say I hit bottom mm. um but my bottom although I did become homeless after I got sober which I like to do everything backwards right I couldn't go back home to the house I was living in it was a dangerous place to be so I chose to go into a shelter and recreate my life but I um I started to you know hang around with people that I wanted what they had mm. and organically i just got what they had because my mother always said you hang around with those people you're going to be like those people and that was the truth you know and i started hanging around with good sober women mm-hmm. um and and they taught me how to live mm-hmm. how to deal with life without alcohol and drugs which can be a tall order in the beginning indeed it sounds like in broad strokes what you're describing first is freedom mm-hmm. you started describing connection and and those are two beautiful things. And those were things I did not have when I had a chaotic relationship with alcohol and drugs. I, I, I was in bondage and I was disconnected. And, and my recovery mm-hmm. is connection, freedom, autonomy, mm-hmm. purpose, all kinds of groovy stuff, much more than I had before. Well, it, it was nice to just be around people who understood me. And there was, you know, I wore a lot of masks when I was out there. I had to be this with the family and this with the job and this with the this. And it was such a relief to go into a room where I could just, I could just be me. Oh. I just was Dana. You know, no last name. Nobody cared if I had money. Nobody cared if I had a job. Nobody, they just, they, they loved me unconditionally. And they said, we have a way out. You know, we, we have, we've found a solution and I got so much joy out of being with the people and they laughed with me and they cried with me and they, well, I kicked and screamed and cursed and yelled and, you know, defiant and, and, um, they loved me through everything and taught me how to deal with life on life's terms, sober. You, you describe a, a common thread in, in many of the peer-to-peer chronic illness recovery management. Mm-hmm. You said that there was some magic element just for 12-step. But mm-hmm. when I started helping a friend of mine recover from um, uh, chronic pain, doing research, and I was discovering that there's a host of chronic illnesses where folks come together who experience it. And what they express was this relief of coming into a room where they didn't have to explain themselves. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that, that uh, there was a freedom and there was a connection that, that happened. So I dig it. I know. And I felt that right away, like almost instantly, it's like, okay, I belong here. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say my bottom, it's like my bottom was like landing in Alcoholics Anonymous. It's like, oh, my God, I drank myself into AA with all you people, you know, you pe- I am one of you people. It's funny when those people. Yeah, I am one of those people. I mean, a T-shirt that says I am one of those people. I'm one of those people. Yeah, yeah. But but I loved it. I really did. And I know that there's a lot of ways that people get sober. And I found, I found my sober life. You know, I look at the word sober as sane thinking, 
um, I found my sanity in Alcoholics Anonymous and the people. Um, but it's been a journey. It's not like I got sober and then, oh, my life is just wonderful. Oh. You know, <laughs> yeah, I was living on some, I was living in a shelter for a little bit. I started working a little bit. I didn't have a car. I lived on somebody's couch for a while, you know. So my bottom happened literally after I got sober. My emotional bottom happened before I got sober. Because I had all the stuff. I had a job. I had a house. I had a car. I had motorcycles. I had I had all the stuff. But emotionally, I was dead. And I was a slave to alcohol and then drugs and, you know, sex and money and blah, 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 the whole nine yards. And um, the guilt, the shame of not being a good mother or daughter, all that um, just fell, fell down one day. And on September 3rd, 1997, I came out of a blackout, 18-hour run. And... Um, I had what I call my moment, my moment that I was so sickened by what I had become. And I screamed out to God at the time. I was, I'm not a religious churchy going person. I say, I'm, I'm, I know what I'm not. I'm not Catholic and I'm not Jewish. I don't know what the heck else I am, <laughs> you know, but I screamed out to this God that I don't understand. And just the words, the good old alcoholic prayer, yeah. God help me. Yeah, fuck and, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and um I started on a great journey and it's been a crazy ride, you know, but but if I want the if I want the reward, I have to do the work. And I certainly have put the work in and still do. I still attend my 12-step meetings. I sponsor people. I have a sponsor. Um very active in 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 service work. Um because I never want to forget where I came from. I'm scared to forget. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those who forget are doomed to repeat, and I never want to forget. Yeah. Well, you describe your pathway to and uh, recovery very well, and we celebrate all pathways mm -hmm. to freedom and wellness mm -hmm. from chaotic substance use in this show. Mm -hmm. And uh, come as you are. And, and that was appealing. That was appealing. Uh, I think there may be some folks out there that may want to come get them some of that and some that don't. And uh, I'm glad that there's many other doors that folks can go through now. And I hope one of the consequences or the um, positive consequences of the show is uh, letting folks know those doors are out there. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, <clears throat> sorry, clear my throat. There's um, tell me what you're doing today. You uh, you're doing some really cool um, stuff professionally. And uh, a little later on, we'll get into uh, what you do for fun. That's how we do. So yeah. what do you do? Yeah, this is so strange to talk about this because, you know, we, we have to, I have to keep my ego in check, you know? So when I'm, you know, when I'm speaking publicly about recovery, I tend to not talk about the achievements that I have, the personal achievements that I've done in my life, but I have a lot of them, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you know what? <laughs> we could get into the, the weeds on that. I, I too, um, had had a you know an ego check but there's something i discovered that there came a point in time where i really did need to brag on myself because mm -hmm. i was thriving in recovery and that's part of the celebration of recovery is i said no thanks to alcohol and drugs but i said yes to many scary and challenging things some of them i did not do so well at but they didn't kill me some i crushed and mm -hmm. um there's a thing i i think that sometimes can be part of our culture that is maybe uh, a humility that kind of becomes toxic at some point. It, it, it's fear-based, and um, but 
I don't know. A modesty is important, but I, I like to celebrate. So come on, brag on yourself. Uh, well, I, I do too. So this is kind of cool. It's different. But um, so when I was when I was out there ripping them, running and and, um, you know, I led a very seedy life. I was I was you know, we do what we do to get what we get. So there was, um, you know, exotic dancing and prostitution and, you know, drug dealing. And I mean, you name it. I was doing it. And so I got sober and stopped doing those things miraculously. Wow. <laughs> I don't do those anymore. And uh, I met a wonderful man in recovery as well. Um, he also has 25 years of recovery and we moved about the world. I mean, with the, the work that he did, we lived in Barbados for a year and a half. We lived in Ireland. We lived about the States and we landed in Martinsburg, West Virginia is where I live right now. Um, in the Eastern Panhandle and West Virginia is a beautiful, beautiful, um, state and Martinsburg's a great little city. And, um, I opened up a business. Uh, it was a secondhand clothing store. I was helping women um, who were living in the shelter. Uh, so that was a big achievement for me and that I had that for seven years. Uh, and then I also opened up a tuxedo rental business at the same time because I'm an overachiever, right? So let's let's run two businesses. And I opened up Dana's Tuxedo it, in 2008, and it's still thriving. I made it through COVID, which was wow. kind of tough, you know, and the whole time through COVID, I just kept praying and, you know, my higher power will provide, you will provide, you know, I'll get through it. And I did. Um, and that was the struggle. And um, you know, I've been always... In I rented tuxedos up until about three years ago. I finally broke down and bought me one. And, you should, yeah. But I remember when I used to rent tuxedos mm -hmm. in the 80s as a young <laughs> I had a preference for tails. And I don't know. Yeah. If, is that still a thing? We still have them, but I don't think I've rented tails in five years. No. Everybody's going to be Googling tuxedos. No, I know. The, the, yeah, no, we haven't rented those for quite a while. <laughs> But, but I definitely was in the business when we were, they were pretty popular. So, but I was always a dreamer, like always a dreamer. I would uh, kind of say it's really hard to do anything with your ass on a bar stool and your belly full of booze, but I was always a dreamer. Well, in sobriety, I was able to dream again, but I was also able to make these dreams come true. So not dreaming of having a tuxedo business or um, some of the things I've done, but dreaming of I'm an inventor. I'm very creative, like very creative. And I'm I'm a problem solver. So I said, I'm going to take one of my products to market. And um, I studied under a program that um, and I it's called Invent Right. It's a school for people who want to learn how to license their ideas for royalties. And I ripped off the band-aid and said, I'm going to study. I'm going to study as hard as I can. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And I successfully took my product to market. And it's been on, it's been on the market for three and a half years now. I'm collecting royalties. It's called the Hanging Shower Caddy. That's creative, but it's on Amazon. I mean, and I look at the reviews like I'm addicted to the reviews, you know, like 750, 760. So, I mean, that's a big deal. That was a dream. And I did that. And then nicely done. I, I think that I have people, people have told me over the years, because apparently I had a very colorful life. And when I share it, they're like, you need to write a book. And so, you know what? I sat down in November of 2021 and I put my first word on paper mm. and I finished my book. 
uh, all the writing part of it, you know, six months later. And then I thought I need to do an audible version. So I did an audible version and I finished that up and uh, it's been a process. There's been a lot of roadblocks and speed bumps and, but I'm getting into the solution. And so the book should be coming out soon. It's called the pause method and it stands for postpone action until sanity emerges. Oh my God. So it's called the pause method by Dana Knowles. And so I'm super proud of that. And that's a really big goal. Did it's taken read, a long time. Did you read uh, Audible yourself? I did. Oh, absolutely. Because it's, it's, it's my story. Yeah, like I can't, great voice too. And I, I can't let somebody else tell my story. Well, it's not my story. The first chapter is my story. And then it goes into like each chapter is pause and then or postpone action until sanity emerges and then the end moral of the story. But it's all these little stories and, and experiences that I've had through the years to help other people learn how to basically pause and not like flip out. <laughs> Not and, everybody can read their story. Not everybody's got a, a beautiful voice. I mean, Gilbert Gottfried's got a great story, I'm sure, but I don't want to listen to uh, no, no. that guy. And that was a whole learning experience because you have to hire, you know, how to hire a director and, you know, that and it's and putting it up on Amazon and it's almost ready. And I put it up on Amazon and then the format was all up and anything. So that's what, but there's one other thing that, um, I am actually, my, my husband is the mayor of Martinsburg, West Virginia. So I am the first lady of Martinsburg, West Virginia, which is the fifth largest town in West Virginia. So going from where I was at, you know, in my drinking days, laying on the floor of the living room, drunk, begging to be taken away and locked up and waking up and thinking, oh, shit, I got to do this all over again and thinking I was crazy to now I'm a respected member of my community and I'm the first lady of Martinsburg, West Virginia. So that's like, I never, I don't brag about that at all. So this is so great. I'm like, my, my dopamine's going, my natural dopamine. That's wonderful. It's a mm -hmm. hell of a story. It is. Yeah. And, and I, um, another thing that can kind, kind of come out of our community is, um, you know, and, and we, we want, to be humble, we want to keep the ego in check because it can be threatening, I suppose. And uh, but we also say we don't deserve. Mm -hmm. and, and and I really do think, you know, as as uh, as creations of the great creative intelligence, I, th I think we deserve to be happy, and I think we deserve to thrive. And um, that's just me. And so I'm I happy. couldn't agree more. Right. On. I couldn't agree more. And that's a struggle that some of us have. I don't deserve it, you know. But why not? Why why not me? Oh, you know, instead of I said it, I yeah. for lightning to hit me in the head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of saying, why me? Or, you know, why me? Why not me? Yeah. Who's better to do whatever I'm doing? You know, who's better? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, um, oh, that is so groovy. I'm sure people are Googling the, uh, the hanging shower caddy. I'm familiar with the product. I, I Googled it and uh -huh. definitely going to check out that book. Love the acronym, pause. Yeah. What, what's, what's the full title of the book again? 
the the pause method it's not live yet but it will be soon um we're just doing some editing postpone action until sanity emerges <laughs> oh i gotta brag on one more thing hold on not only do i have all that going on you know i mentioned the company that i studied under invent right i now work for them i am the director of inventor relations for the company that i studied for they hired me a few years ago through covid to do some work for them so i work for them as well so i got a full plate but you know that's just the nature of who i am you know i'm, I'm a doer that's wonderful that's mm -hmm. you know and i i named this podcast after a discovery that um you know um I gained some courage through alcohol and drugs, and it usually meant to it led to some reckless behavior. But when when I stopped using alcohol and drugs to anesthetize, I became a very fearful fellow. Mm. And but about five six years in recovery, I began jumping before I looked into challenges and and uh, experienced a th more thriving recovery. And now eighteen years in, um, I'm saying yes to everything and. And you clearly have said yes to some things. And, that's and it's been scary. Don't don't get me wrong. It's not like I just have the courage. But um, I always have a choice between comfort and character building. Mm. Comfort. Comfort's easy. But if I don't ever try anything new, I will never grow. I will just stay stagnant. And I don't want to stay stagnant, you know, and and um, which is, I think, leading into what did I do for fun, huh? You, oh, you know what's up. I know. I listen. I listen. <laughs> I've been listening. I've been studying you. Recovery for me is not a trudge through a veil of tears. And uh, I have fun and I celebrate my funitude on Instagram. And so tell me, what do you do for fun? What do you do to take care of yourself? Mm -hmm. What do you do to get comfort and all that stuff. Tell me how you play. Yeah. So my husband and I are campers. Uh, we have a camper up uh, north of Pittsburgh because that's where I'm originally from. So that's where my son, grandchildren live, mother, you know, relatives. So uh, we bought a camper and we parked it up there. And and um, twice a month, he goes up probably more than I do. But twice a month, I go up and I check out. You know, I don't very little social media. Don't take a computer with me you know, sitting by the fire and watching and getting mesmerized by it and hearing the children in the background and the birds chirping and getting into nature. And I think it's just so important for me to check out of all the technology and all the clatter and all the people and all the busyness, because I, you know, I have a very busy life just to step back and breathe and recharge and reset. And um, that's what I do for relaxation now once a week i check out of technology Ooh, tell me about that sundays sundays are my day it's my day to do whatever i want maybe i'm going to sit and watch i mean not take i wouldn't turn off the tv but maybe I'll, maybe i'll watch binge watch netflix maybe i'll read a book maybe i'll take a nap maybe i'll go shopping you know what i mean i'll just do whatever dana wants to do i'm not available don't ask me if i'm doing anything on sunday i'm i'm busy and you know what i'm busy doing i'm busy taking care of me mm. you unplug on sundays I love mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, another guest keola reigns she's a splendid person who who regularly unplugs as well 
And um, I had considered starting to do that after visiting with her on this show. And so it's hard, I'm hard a, to do. I'm a digital citizen at yeah. work. I, I work remotely. Um, mm -hmm. My um, mutual support for my uh, my people. My people are digital people, and uh, I play um, and create. I'm, I create digitally, but I do get out a lot. I walk in the woods a lot with my dog. That's my place by rivers. And uh, but even then, I got I got my digital uh, connection in my hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. It's it's kind of it is. It's sad. And I I also um, you know it's so funny your recovery. <laughs> 97 that is kind of about the time where uh uh internet became readily available mm -hmm. yeah i remember it aol and that yeah 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 97 I'm yeah sorry. it's a good year no it was a great year yeah yeah 97 was a good year i, I recovered about seven years later but it mm -hmm. wasn't so bad i mm -hmm. graduated from undergrad in 97 i before recovery but anyway that's me tell me you had one more thing to say about fun and stuff i interrupted you um i my husband and i um travel love to travel too i mean we just will um we'll take a drive or we'll go travel somewhere and then we stop at these little like we'll we'll just pick a city on a, on the map like we get literally a paper map because it's real hard to figure it out on the phone and we'll say let's go here and then we go thrift store shopping and we go antique shopping and we go to little restaurants um I love that stuff. Like he's my, he's, he's my best friend and to spend time with your best friend and love to do the same. The same. I smoke cigars. I have a good cigar and a nice cup of coffee sometimes. Oh. Um, you know, I absolutely insist on having fun in life because for so many years, you know, I thought I was having fun. And in the last three years of my drinking was not fun at all it was maintenance it was just living it was just surviving and now i absolutely insist on having fun and so i check out i camp i tr i travel with my husband we go to different cities did little cities and because we have so many cool little cities to go to and just go walk around look at the shops do whatever you know i mean i'll buy anything maybe buy something i i think that is just so freaking cool man mm -hmm. just, uh... Picking out one of your cool little towns. I love West Virginia so much. I work mm. a number of communities there. I uh, take great delight in, in visiting. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. I am married to my best friend. And we are in our golden hour right now, you know, mm -hmm. just really digging each yeah. other's presence and doing things and stuff together. Yeah. She's away for a couple of days and we're texting mm -hmm. each other. I mean, what's up with that after three yeah. decades? I know. Well, you know what? The, I go I go on a sober beach trip with my friends every year. We go down to Ocean City and um, my husband and I have a great relationship. We have respect and we have trust. And so when I get there, I will we'll be gone for like five days. I get there. I say, made it here. OK. He's like, OK, love you. And then I might not talk to him until I'm leaving when I'm saying I'm on my way home. And I think that's important, too, in a relationship to have that little bit of separation because we appreciate each other so much more when we get back, you know, when I'm back or he's home. And and um, and now, mind you, I've been married four times. Forgot to say that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had I, that's a whole other story. You want to you want to know about that? Read my book. 
okay read the book read the book yeah yeah in fact i'll juice it up one time to a um a, um a fugitive and the second one was to a guy that just got out of prison for attempted murder so i don't know if that'll juice it up a little bit you know <laughs> well it sounds like your picker got fixed Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> it did. I got a good one. I got a good one. I, we call we actually, I name each of them and we call him the good one. The last one's the good one. Yeah. He's a keeper. Yeah. Well, you know what? We always drop the mic at the end. You got a message you want to shoot out to folks. I thought about this when, you know, cause I knew that kind of question was coming. And I think the biggest thing I can say to somebody is that, um, you never have to feel this way again. If you're struggling, if you're not quite sure, ask for help. Because that's what I did. I just said, I, I can't live my life like this anymore. Just ask. Just ask. Ask somebody. You know, you, you don't have to feel this way anymore. Just ask for help. Ask for help. Come get you some. It's been a treat, sister. I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate what you're doing for, for the community, the recovery community. Right. Um, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>